Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to be reading verses 19 through 25. Our message theme today is boldness in prayer. We see this in the scriptures as we read it. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning to read at verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us, through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. I say amen. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. And we see that day coming quickly. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your word to us today. We do pray that the blessed Holy Spirit would be our teacher and illuminate truth in our hearts and minds. Lord, just challenge and stir each one of us that we would spend that time, Lord, with you each day. These psalms were sung, different ones said about the blessedness, the privilege that is ours, and how wonderful, Lord, you are there to comfort and guide you. Oh, help us just to love that sweet hour of prayer. So guide us today. Be with those that, are, could, that could not be here due to illness, uh, those among, among us that are missing today. Lord, you know where they are. And I just pray you would touch body, soul, and spirit. Bless those of our number there, shut-ins, rest homes, wherever, Lord. Just be with them there. They, they feel your presence. We just want to express our love to you today. Thank you for all that you're doing and what you're going to do. In Jesus' precious and worthy name we pray. And every one say, Amen. Verse 19 is my text today. The first part there says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. The cross of Christ provides so many things for us. So many things. And certainly, first of all, we, we think of the forgiveness of sin. And certainly so. That's why Jesus died, shedding his precious blood that we can be forgiven. But there's so many other things. And sometimes maybe we're not even aware or don't think about. And that's what I want to share in a message today, along with uh, boldness in prayer. We're, giving the, we're given the power of, of victory over bondages, over the dominion of sin. We're supplied with mercy and grace. And of course, we're given eternal life. Praise the Lord. The cross has given us the means to escape the terrors of sin and hell. And for that, we should be thanking God every day we do not have to ever go to that place. 
I thank God for the benefits of the cross to humankind, for the wonderful relief that it brings, the joy that it puts in our heart. When you think about how he suffered and died, and to think that he did it well for every one of us. I rejoice today this message is being preached the world over. Because Jesus is the only way by his shed blood that we could be forgiven of sin. And then there's another benefit of the cross. It's the benefit to God the Father. Have you ever thought about that? You see, we understand very little of the, the delight of the Father that was made possible by the cross. It's a joy to the Father every time a sinner comes home. Every time a prodigal returns to the household, they have sweet communion and fellowship. We're going to see today both in the Old Testament passages and the New Testament how this is possible. If all we focus about on the cross is forgiveness, and that certainly is probably the, the biggest, but we can miss the important truth that God has meant for us also about the cross. There's a fuller meaning here that we want to see, and it has to do with God's delight with every one of us when it comes to him. This truth provides God's people with much more than just relief. It brings liberty. It brings rest, peace, a joy, intimacy, and yes, fellowship. How many times have you heard your pastor say to enjoy that fellowship with the Lord in times of prayer? Drawing and snuggling up close to the Lord Jesus. But he desires that as believers that we come boldly in his name before him in prayer. We come seeking his face, yes, for forgiveness, for the needs that are many. We sang that beautiful song this morning, Oh, I need him. I need him. Every hour I need him. I'm sure that in our hearts, every one of us was breathing and amen to that. But we come to him, but how often do we come lacking boldness in an aspect of faith which is so crucial with our walk? with him. And so God does delight that we come and spend time with him in prayer. The Lord has great joy that the cross has provided every one of us an open access into his presence as we lift up our voice to him. Indeed, the most glorious moment of history was when that veil tore from the top to the bottom and they were ushered into the presence of the holiest of holies. I've said it before in messages, I can't imagine what that congregation must have felt sitting there and having that happen. I, I think they all thought, we're going to die! But then did they realize what really had taken place? The cross opens us an access to the throne room. Praise the Lord. It's at that very moment that it was a benefit to God because now God could come and dwell with us and we with him. 
in the Spirit. That instant, that presence of God was ushered to them when that veil was torn asunder. He who once dwelled in thick darkness didn't wait for us to come to him. He came to us. The blood of Jesus cleared away all hindrances. It was God that was moving toward us, reconciling and wanting to make peace. It's like a person who's been alienated from his family because of poor and terrible choices they've made. And when they come to their senses, they they do all they can to tear down the wall, the barrier that separates them. They take the initiative to make the first move. And that brings peace to all that are involved. So before God, I mean before the cross, there was no access to God for the general public. It was only the priests that could bring for the holiest holies. And that only once or twice a year. There's no small matter. Any other person that they would have tried to sneak up there, that had been their end. But now, by the cross of Jesus, everything's changed. He's made a straight path for us into the Father's presence. I say amen. amen. By this grace alone, God tore down the wall that separated us, blocked us from him. And now he's available to whosoever will. Whosoever will. The Lord may come. And he embraces the sinner. He embraces the, the prodigals. You see an illustration of this when God delivered Israel. When they were walking through the Red Sea on dry land. Can you imagine what that must have been like? The waves were crashing on both sides, but there was a barrier, and they were on dry land. Yes, there's a beautiful picture of it. Would you have you been bold enough to walk through there? I'm sure as Moses led them, they, they did that. And then, as they got over to the other shore, and they were safely across, horrors, there comes the Egyptian army. But that quick, the walls crashed in on and the Egyptian army perished. The children of Israel experienced a glorious moment of praise, singing and dancing and giving praise to God. If you'd been part of that group, I don't think you'd be as quiet as you are right now. <laughs> we all would have been entering in. <coughs> I could just see how I'm going whipping around her little wheelchair. Angels would have been flying. Who knows what would have Israel's story represents to every one of us our deliverance from bonding from the guilt of sin. And you have every right to praise the Lord. This is one preacher that won't get excited if you say amen or wave a hand now and then. But there's more to God's purpose in saving us and delivering us. Yes, we know that Satan was defeated at the cross. And we were set free from his iron grip. But God never meant for Israel to camp out there on the shores of the Red Sea. His purpose was to bring them out of Egypt so he could take them in to the promised land. 
He wanted a people who would be totally dependent on him. Dependent on his mercy, on his grace, on his love. And friends, you and I are no different today. We're the very same way. We need God. We need him every day. But just a few days later, you can read it. Israel began to murmur and complain. They failed their very first test. Totally dissatisfied. Why, we might ask. Didn't they recall just a few days prior the tremendous miracle deliverance God gave them? And now they're murmuring and complaining? They hadn't learned the great love that God had. And I think that's the key to the message today. One cannot come into the joy and peace and knowing how to serve the Lord God until they see his delight in setting us free for fellowship. Every wall had been removed at the cross. You know, thank God your past is wiped clean. There's only one person I want to come reminding you about it, and that's our the devil. I can picture a pond or lake, and the sins are buried in the bottom. Under all that water, there's a little snake there with a sign no fishing. The devil, he wants to keep fishing and say, Ah, remember this? Remember that? Just tell him it's under the blood, it's gone. Enjoy your freedom. Yes, many believers miss out God's greater purpose and benefit to them. God says, I want you to move on and in the fullness that is awaiting you in my presence. Multitudes today rejoice in the benefits of the cross. They've moved out of Egypt, they've gone through the Red Sea, and now they're on victory side. And so many want to stay right there. And don't want to move on to the promised land. Now, God, through Moses, was saying all the wonderful things over there, but then they were just sort of content, take it easy, not push too hard. The story isn't about just the forgiveness of fallen man, but it's about the Father running to our side. There's a story in the Bible about that. The father, there in Luke 15, the parrot, the prodigal son. It, it, it illustrates so beautifully the double blessing of the cross. The father was wronged by the son. He wanted his inheritance early. And then to boot, he laughed and goes and wanders in, in wild living and it's all gone. I believe that Father forgave him the moment he left that day. And he longed for his son's return. Because the moment he saw his son down, I, I sort of visualize a farm set back in a real long lane, some places were like that. He saw his son coming. Did he sit up there in the porch and just wait? Can you picture your mind's eye? Yes, there he is. He goes running. Maybe his jacket flew off. I don't know. 
running and grabbed his son and embraced him with tears of laughter and joy. He loved his son. He had no problem giving him forgiveness and reconciliation. And friends, likewise, it's no problem for our Heavenly Father. When we come running to him, burdened down with sin and guilt, ashamed, he's there as his son. And he picks us up. He desired fellowship, his father did with his son, and God is the same. He desires your and my fellowship. But it was the son who couldn't believe the father. Did you gather that? How can you just forgive me so easy that he doesn't know what I did? I shamed the family name. I lived in riotous living, deep in sin. I kind of somehow repay that. Scripture says in verse 21 of Luke 15, And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. He realizes that he, he had nothing, nothing to give to his father. And he deserved nothing from his father. And he's having a problem accepting the father's mercy. Remember that song he paid the debt we did not know? A debt that we could not pay? I needed someone to wash my things away. It's called mercy, my friends. Mercy. We can only pray for his mercy in our lives. Oh, we must see and accept all that Jesus offers to us, all that he's done on the cross, and forget the past. Satan wants to bring condemnation to you just as he did the prodigal son. He wants you to doubt the forgiveness and the mercy that God has for you. He doesn't want you to spend time in prayer and fellowship. Once we're forgiven, we're forgiven by God. God says, what sin? What sin are you talking about? You see, the righteousness of Christ, it's, it's gone. We can't, he can't see it anymore. And I bless our hearts today. We are pure before God because of what Jesus has done. What did the Father say to the servants? Oh, run quick, get the best robe in the closet. Come and put it on him. And the family has that, the signet ring. He's part of us again. Put it on his finger. Unifying or signifying his union with Christ. And then he says, finally put shoes on him representing being shod with the gospel and the peace of Christ. You see, the son was no longer a beggar outside of the family wandering. He now was welcome home. He was reinstated. He was inside the house and again had boldness and assurance. But Jesus had accomplished on the cross qualifies us to go into his presence with boldness and assurance. Paul said it so well there in Colossians 1, 
13 through 15. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He's delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. What truth. What truth. Nothing can do and can qualify us to be fit for God's presence because it comes only by grace alone. Oh, try to imagine the delight of the Father. Now had his son in his home, his lost son, giving him a seat at the table. And what a feast they must have had that night. And my wife can make up a feast, I'll tell you. We had a birthday party for our son and then our daughter-in-law. For some reason, they all ask for the same meal pretty often. It's ham loaf, mashed potatoes, and gravy, lima beans, and corn, and red velvet cake. <laughs> <laughs> rejoice and be glad in the Father's presence when we pray? What can set our heart free to fellowship with Him in prayer? It's not just the knowledge that we're finally safe. Not just that the cross has given us access to the Father in prayer. Not just that we have relief in our soul. Rather, it is the sea finally by faith, the Lord's delight. In you, 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 in all of us, his delight. He wants us to come and to pray and fellowship and commune with him. It is to behold his rejoicing over you and me and to be pleased with us. Jesus heard the words from his father, this is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. Wait till you get to the Lord. And Jesus says, I'm so pleased that you're here. See Jesus. I can only that. Yes, wonderful to know that in his eyes he sees you and he loves you and he makes you worthy because you're his delight. And none of this will make sense until you fully and totally surrender your all to the power of God's word. And so as followers of God this morning, we take God's word, we accept it, we believe it, and let's live it. We're now a new person in Christ. Now we live by faith alone. And those wonderful words of Scripture, the just shall live by faith. We then can have boldness to enter his presence in prayer. Oh, I, I trust you're so excited you already went to the home. You're going out of the closet. 
and spend time with him in his prayer today. Amen. Is he going to be there waiting? Let's stand together as the worship team comes.